I'm working with these kids and I'm not, you could say maybe I'm just a bad counselor, but that doesn't really make sense either because they have teams, you know, the families have teams of psychiatrists, psychologists, school helpers, on and on and on. And I was like, well, no one's really getting better. Shouldn't we have a better system in place? I mean, maybe there's a few more moments of respite and ease than there was, but as far as taking home tangible kind of lessons where people can sustain their own growth, it wasn't really that model. It was more of a model of, okay, I'm going to write your service goal plans for you, uh, little Joe. And of course, they didn't come from Joe. Joe didn't care about this, the goals of the service plan. It wasn't authentic. It wasn't helping him. You are listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. And, and when I started working in a different form, just with mental health education, outside of that realm, my first guinea pig client, um, you know, and I, I thought then it was like many years ago, and I had that kind of failure thinking that you're talking about, like, this isn't happening fast enough. I only have one client. Blah, 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 blah. You know, this internal dialogue about, you know, again, that's very much a cultural conditioning, bigger, faster, better, more, 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 more. Um, And, and we worked, uh, and my under, my own understanding grew with him and and we worked together for over a year and he passed away suddenly last year, actually. And the message I received from his son confirmed to me what you have said, Ryan, about one person makes a difference because they go into their communities and he in the sun said to me, um, I, I can't thank you enough. I was able to spend real quality time with my father the last few years of his life. And, and from that also then in his community, other people I spoke with or his own light showed with then his ex-wife and, you know, his daughter and, and his community and his business. So, you know, one thing that comes to mind is when I first met my husband, he was, um, he, he had a lot of resistance to these kind of ideas. It was, it was very unfamiliar, right? It was like he was trying to, trying to walk without the gauge of, of how to do that, really. These weren't conversations. In Finland, they barely go to psychologists. It's still very much a stigma even to do that. And he would say, well, Amy, like, you know, he would be like, why are you trying to be a Mother Teresa? <laughs> you know, he's going to kill me for saying this. Why are you trying to be a Mother Teresa? You know, this is just the way the world is. And I would kind of point, well, no, it isn't the way it is. Th- this has been created. Mm-hmm. This has been created. We as, as cultures, as societies have created the way that we're living, the way that we're valuing certain things over other things, the way that we value certain people over other people. That's not some um, objective scientific or God-given mandate. I, I, I hesitate to say God because that means a lot of different things to different people, but you know, I guess my point in just saying that there is no, that there's human fingerprints all over this, basically, you know, this, is, <laughs> this isn't something to blame. And I don't think we should blame ourselves either. That's not what I'm saying either. It, it, it's, it's pointing the direction that you're saying too, Ryan, of better understanding, um, mm-hmm. having these conversations. W- what else would you see as kind of the, the direction for, for listeners to look in if they kind of have liked what we've said so far, but they still don't see how it could relate to their day-to-day life. What are some things that you could share with those folks? It's a really good question. Um, let me circle back to that. Sure. Cause one of the things you said about, <clears throat> I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's part of the answer to the question too. You, you mentioned the blame thing and like, like there's no, point in blaming ourselves for 
the status quo that we've inherited. Hmm. And it's also interesting for me going back to the the thing with my parents and like looking back at when I was a child and like some of the just destructive stuff that I was surrounded by. It's been so interesting getting to be the age in my life that they were when I was a little kid and being like, okay. And looking at how I see the world and looking at the people, my peers around me and how they see the world and what they're processing going through. And it's just so clear that like, I feel so much compassion for my parents now at the time, like it doesn't take away culpability or accountability for their choices and actions, but there's no value in blame. There's no value in believing in failure. It's just, it's, it's a fiction. It's a, it's an imaginary correlation. Um, so, I mean, one of the things that I think, well, <laughs> it goes back to what I was saying about existence, not being a spectator sport. And I grew up in Los Angeles area. So I was deeply impacted by the entertainment industry and that whole thing. And you kind of touch on that, the impact of that, where it's like bigger, faster, it has to be impressive and on television and explosions and fireworks. And if it's not, you're a failure. (laughs) So just... It's, it's not an easy thing to do, but I think that it's our responsibility as a human being to, you know, just be courageous. And, and courage to me, real courage is not like, how many people can I beat up? It's like, how open can I, how open can I keep my heart as I move through life and connect with people and, and face things that are difficult and painful and scary and not shut down? and ask difficult questions and really question how I'm perceiving things and recognize that my perception, and you touched on this too, where it's like we, this is one of the weirdest things about being human in my opinion. Like we are creatures that are having an exclusively subjective experience in an exclusively objective universe. So it's like there is objective truth, which is what, you know, genuine, honest science is constantly attempting to get to. They're trying to understand what really is. Yeah. But it's, it's challenging because we, we don't have the option of having an objective experience. Everything is subjective because we are at a very particular point in the universe, individually, you, me, everybody else, we are in a very specific point, which results in a very specific perspective. We have a lot of experiences that we've had in our lives that create our story, our subjective, our subjective story. And then without that recognition, it's very easy for people to think that their subjective preferences and experiences are the reality of everything and start judging and throwing around, you know, harsh condemnations and all sorts of, of ugly stuff. So <laughs> that's a, that's a very big prescription, but I mean, what I could whittle that down more simply. I mean, I think that, okay, back to the curiosity thing with children. If people just maintained curiosity and kept 
connection with the idea that it's not their job to know all the answers. It's not their job to control life. It's not their job to dictate the direction of the world. It's their job, in my opinion, to make choices consciously and to stay curious. I wish so much that people, I mean, it's amazing to me in business. So I work in digital design, website software. I work in marketing. So stuff where it's a lot of consultation to other businesses and companies and people trying to figure out, you know, what are your challenges? What are the problems you're running into? Who are you speaking to? And then just analyzing the whole thing and and being prescriptive about like, okay, here's the advisement on what to do to solve this problem. And I noticed a lot in meetings with other consultants or, or clients and stuff, how common it is in the business environment for people to be so fearful of just saying, I don't know. And how common it is for them to, instead of being open to learning and just being vulnerable and saying, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll figure it out. Or I don't know the answer to that. Can you share that information with me? Mm. It becomes this thing where they believe that it seems they believe that they need to, you know, mandate what has to happen. And sitting from my perspective, a lot of times I know my wheelhouse that I operate in and I hear them making prescriptions. And from my perspective, I'm like, there are so many faults in that direction that are going to cause a lot of problems. And it's not just in business. I see it a lot all over the place. People not being curious, people not being willing to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm willing to figure it out. And because that nugget of curiosity and openness is missing, (laughs) there's, there's a lot of, not failure, not fault. There's a lot of poor choices that are made mm. that result in that result in results that potentially nobody wants to experience. 